Well, welcome to another episode of Inside CHSL. His name is Brennan Johnson. I'm Jeremy Otto. So glad you came back this week. And anything exciting about your past week or, or what? Uh, nothing crazy, but we're on episode number eight here yeah, in the podcast. That is crazy, huh? Good stuff going on. You know, we're right. A lot of championships happening. We got to get into the palm. We got to get into ski. We're getting closer and closer to the basketball, the wrestling. Even the MIHL showcase upcoming, so we're going to get into all that stuff through the pod today. So we're through one part of championship series, and now we're on that verge of really the next one up. If you think about it, the regular season for winter sports is about to come to a close, and playoff time is soon upon us. So that's kind of crazy. And I think when you look up and down the lineup today of what we have, this might be the most sports we've ever covered in one podcast. I think we've kind of hit on each of these as the year has gone on, but in terms of... And we're going to talk about some things that aren't happening right now, per se, just to give you a little tease a little bit later and, you know, maybe talk about a football coach or two. But um, this is going to be a, a nice episode, just going to encompass all these sports as well. Yeah, it's going to be a nice wide-ranging uh, series of topics. We have a great interview. Aaron Babbitts from Catholic Central joins us, and he always has great things to talk about. Uh, and he's got a real interesting uh, program at Catholic Central that we're going to dive into a little bit. So... A lot of good stuff about to go down here on Inside CHSL. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you're all buckled in, ready to go. And Jeremy, I'm ready when you are. As I look across the table, though, how in the world do you read that right there? 2020 vision, baby. <laughs> it's like his print. notes are literally like the, the back of a, a, a fine print. Well, we you know, we have our Excel sheet where we kind of put through our topics to discuss and whatnot, and I went through and printed it. <laughs> Usually uh, I print it the opposite way, but it just came out real small. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, good thing I got 2020. Well, let's see if you can actually read it. What's our first thing for J&B's top highlights from the previous week? Well, we're talking about the pom-pom results, the championships of the Catholic League happening last week, the Cardinal Division champions. Ann Arbor, Gabriel Richard, and then in the Bishop Division for the third time in five years, Divine Child captures the Catholic League Championship. Uh, of course, Divine Child, led by their head coach, Sarah Leonard, um, unfortunately was unable to join us. She was going to join us on the podcast, had a, a conflict come up, but you know, just wanting to give that a special mention and the success she's been able to have there three out of the last five years, uh, really the last decade for Divine Child. They have been very talented at Pompon and had a lot of success, numerous Catholic League titles, so that's a very good, sustained program over there. Uh, and Ann Arbor Richard, on the other hand, winning the Cardinal Division, they're you know constantly right in that mix or winning the championship. So two you know familiar faces claiming the Catholic League titles. Also had the ski championships uh, down the slopes. I've never skied before. Have you ever skied? I have not. I was actually talking about that yesterday with somebody. I, I don't know that I would want to do that. I think I'd be afraid to do that. I think I'd want to do it, but I don't know how well it would go. That's the problem. Well, they do it much better than we ever would, but the girls, Cranbrook took it, uh, the CHSL title, and then the boys, it was Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is going to be all over the board, I feel like, this year. It's just a talented class there, right? And, you know, we talk about that first series of championships coming to a close, right? You have the 
Central Division with hockey already done earlier in the year, right? You've got Palm, you've got Ski. Now we're getting close to wrestling and basketball as we kind of work our way through the winter sports. But congratulations to both of those schools on capturing Catholic League championships. And now want to congratulate former Catholic League head coach. He's the current head coach at Oak Park. Goes by the name of Greg Carter, 360 and 119 is his all-time record with its stints at Martin DePores from 1978 to 2004, then Inkster, and most recently over the last eight, nine years mm-hmm. at Oak Park, uh, going into the Michigan High School Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. Congratulations to Coach Greg Carter. I kind of wish we were around when he was, you know, having his run at, at Deport's because I think that would have been really fun to cover him kind of day in, day out in, in our Catholic League game of the week. But uh, we've come up and he's come up in a lot of our games. Uh, you, know, you look at the last, you know, nine, 10 years, I was kind of looking at it on MichiganHighSchoolFootball.com, but, you know, UD has come up in terms of an opponent. De La Salle has come up uh, in somebody in the playoffs. And now, well, to tease a little bit, we'll, we'll talk about football schedules. There is a Catholic League team playing them in the regular season. Somebody we've already mentioned. Ooh, think about it. But <laughs> that's uh, that's something we'll talk about a little bit later and, and dive into some of the, the football schedules that we've seen. But whenever you face Greg Carter, like, hmm, that, that, that's going to be a tough matchup because if, if you have one good coach against the other, you're like, who's going to outduel each other? And you obviously had that quite a bit in the Catholic League. And it, it's cool to track guys and where they go. Um, you know, Scott Mersch, another guy from the Catholic League now coaching at Chip Valley. That's another team that a Catholic League team is playing this year in the regular season. So there, there's some guys that have moved on and some had some real success in terms of going elsewhere and kind of competing against right. their former league mates. Yeah, you don't win 360 career games no. on accident, right? And you think about the most games you're going to play in a singular season's 14. So that's a, that's a lot of winning. You don't that doesn't happen by mistake, and that just shows how successful and how good of a job uh, coach has done in his numerous stints from Oak Park, where he's had a lot of success. He's had success at Inkster, and of course at Martin DePores on his run. Sure. Not only just winning games, but I mean true playoff success. Tr- you know, deep runs, Division One athletes like really has done it all. Sticking to football now, another you know name as we talk about signing day happening today. Another name that's gonna you know sign his national letter of intent. Cam Arnold committing to Boston College for football. Yeah, numerous guys committing to different schools. Cam Arnold, the guy we heard a lot through the playoffs and through the regular season for Orchard Lake St. Mary's, going to Boston College. Uh, what'll be interesting is Josh DeBerry, defensive back from De La Salle. Now you get Cam Arnold. Maybe you have a little Catholic League starting defensive back or starting defensive corners, if you will, uh, for Boston College going forward. That could be interesting to see right there. Yeah, Josh DeBerry was an exciting player. I mean, he didn't have, you know, he'd only have like five, six catches a game, and that was a big game for him because De La Salle never, you know, threw that much. But when they did throw it, I mean, he was one of those guys, you know, you looked for. He you was, just throw it up. He'll go yeah. get it. Like, an, you know, maybe not a direct comparison, but like an Allen Robinson who was mm-hmm. playing in the NFL from Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Remember, I remember at least how much he's jumped, even on the basketball floor. He right. had some monster dunks out there when he was playing for just throw it Orchard up. Lake. Let him go get it. <laughs> he can do it. That's that's who he was, and I mean Cam Arnold's gonna have a lot of success among several other Division One and Division Two athletes signing today across the Catholic League. Switching over to the hardwood, Nolan Julio for Cardinal Mooney, senior guard. He's been very very skilled. He's been a great player 
over the last several years for this team. And if you follow Coach Mike McAndrews, he does a very good job of talking about and publicizing his team, publicizing his kids, uh, and marketing his kids and showing the great things that they do. Nolan Julio has been a kid that every year he's posted about and he's doing a little bit better, he's doing a little bit better, he's doing a little bit better. And this year he's just been on a tear through his senior season. Over the last three games, averaging 19.3 points a game, 7.3 assists per game. You know he's hitting the glass hard as well. And it's part of the reason Cardinal Mooney is having success as they play in the intersectional one this season. Yeah, three wins in a row. He's kind of led them to that. You said at 19 points a game in the, his last three, seven assists per game, beating Foley, Cranbrook, both on the road, and then Shrine as well. And they got a big game versus Gabriel Richard to kind of decide first place right now in their division uh, this Friday when this podcast drops. So that's, uh, you know, if you want to see uh, one of the intersectional battles, uh, if, if you will, that's a game to go out uh, yeah. here tonight. If you're one of those that just enjoys going out to catch a good game, that's a game to certainly go watch with a lot on the line. So two very talented teams, but you know, sometimes the team that's just hot and playing well finds a way to prevail. So good matchup there, and it should make for an interesting game to see who takes the regular season intersectional one crown. Well, kind of as we enter the middle stages of the podcast, great time to kind of remind you, click that pause button, subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Twitter at inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at inside underscore CHSL. And we, we kind of want to, you know, pump it again in terms of the importance of everyone, not only tweeting at us, but tweeting in general, because I don't know about you, but I, I was scrolling down Twitter this morning to see if anything happened last night. I, I That's how I, you know... Put a lot of things into the rundown. We're not, you know, we're not just saying this to say, hey, this is what we do. 2020, <laughs> where Twitter has become a primary source. And no but doubt. But it's the truth. Yeah. For, I mean, for high school sports, it really has. So, I mean, seriously, if there's a story, tweet at us too. At uh, Jeremy out of PXP, what's your handle now? It's changed. At DLS Coach B. Yep. So either that or inside underscore CHSL. We want to tell the stories and we want to dive into the individuals a little bit more. We want to, you know, know about the uh, Nolan Julios of the world and how they're doing in their last three or somebody who maybe just broke a record or, or somebody who's just on a roll. So that, that helps us, you know, kind of get those stories out there and present them uh, to the audience. So please tweet at us, email the Catholic High School League, anything you can do to reach out. We appreciate it and certainly help us in terms of promoting the podcast as well. That tweet from your account really helps because we can tweet all we want from our account, but ultimately it's it's your followers who are going to help this thing grow. No doubt about that. Well, we're going to dive into our interview in a little bit with uh, Athletic Director at Catholic Central Aaron Babbitts, but for now, we want to set it to Since 1926 with Steve Wedrock. Steve? This moment in Catholic League history remembers legendary athlete Dave DeBusher, who played both, both basketball and baseball for Austin Catholic High School in Detroit. In the 1956-57 season, DeBusher was named to the All-City, All-State, and All-American basketball teams. In his senior season, DeBusher captained the Friars to an undefeated season and the 1958 Class A Michigan State Championship, where they defeated Benton Harbor 71-68 in the finals. After high school, DeBusher played basketball and baseball at the University of Detroit. During his tenure at U of D, DeBusher scored 1,985 points and pulled down 1,552 rebounds, including a record 39 rebounds in a game against Central Michigan in January 1960. 
equally as impressive, on the baseball diamond, DeBusher was a standout pitcher for the Titans, posting a 2.20 ERA. He would go on to be drafted by the Detroit Pistons of the NBA and signed with the Chicago White Sox of MLB. DeBusher only played two seasons in the MLB, both with the White Sox. He appeared in 36 career games and finished with a 3-4 record and a 2.90 ERA in 102.1 innings pitched. In 25 career plate appearances, he recorded just one hit and one walk. DeBusher made his mark in the NBA. Although he began his professional basketball career with the Pistons, he's best known for his time with the New York Knicks, where he won two NBA championships. DeBusher was inducted into the Catholic League Hall of Fame in 1976 and the University of Detroit Hall of Fame in 1977. He was later inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 1983 and had his number 22 retired by both the Knicks and the University of Detroit. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Al, we're here on Inside CHSL, now joined by our guest of the week, Aaron Babbitts, Athletic Director at Catholic Central High School. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us this week here on the podcast. How you doing today? I'm doing great, fellas. Really appreciate it. You guys are doing uh, doing great things. This podcast was a phenomenal idea, so keep up the great work. Oh, absolutely. appreciate you taking some time to join us. want to get into a couple of different things and the first one being the National Signing Day. Uh, as we record, this is on Wednesday, the second National Signing Day. Uh, so maybe just talk about some of the athletes that are at your school that are signing, where they're going, and what this day means to Catholic Central athletes. It, uh, it's a day that we started doing probably in about 2007, um, just as we had more kids sign to larger universities and, and just kind of wanted to find a way to celebrate them. So that's gone from a handful of kids in 2007 to 28 kids uh, signing their letters of intent today. Some of them obviously signed at the early signing period, but we like to drive everybody towards one date and uh, and really celebrate it with our family and, and get everybody together in the in the same room and and like I said, really just kind of celebrate the kids. You know, we've got kids going to Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Missouri, you know, in state at Grand Valley, Michigan State. So it's a wide variety of uh, of young men. Rutgers University. It's just it's it's just great to see the kids kind of realize their dreams. Right. It's a special day, no doubt, I'm sure, for all those kids and their families. Um, you know, kind of the big thing you think about with signing day is football, and everybody relates it to the big football day, but you guys have athletes across the board in different sports that go to high-level universities, again, some in-state, some around you know, the country, uh, and just talk about what that's like to know, hey, yeah, we have football players that go to Division One schools and go on to that next level. But almost every sport, you're going to find athletes, whether it's wrestling or baseball or track and field, you're going to send different athletes to the next mm -hmm. level. Yeah, we have a lot of sports represented today. What's really cool is uh, we have our first rugby signee today who's heading off to Western Michigan University. That's a team that we've had here for about four or five years. So really excited for him. And, you know, it's great to mix everybody in together because our kind of our model here is, is we all kind of stand as one. And, you know, I want maybe the smallest program to feel as big as, as you know, one of the largest programs here. So everybody has to feel like a major program. So you treat all the kids the same. And, and signing day is no different. That's why we want so many kids together, because it represents our CC family and the athletic department. For sure. We want to talk about a program that's trending and maybe one that 
Well, I guess you could tell us a little bit more about the size of it now, but I'm going to assume it will continue to grow. You have an e-sports team, an e-sports program. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, what that's like, and how, how big is that program right now? It's huge. I mean, it's we've had uh, a handful of meetings, and it seems like it doubles every time we get together and the word starts to spread. Had a great meeting with the guys at uh, Divine Child, actually. Talked to them a little bit about how they set it up, looked at the space that they had for their team, uh, talked a lot about structure. It, it's just nice to work with another Catholic League school on another opportunity for kids. Um, we had a meeting day before yesterday, discussed equipment, tournaments, league, league structure, discipline, uh, talk, talked about getting them in the, uh, in the weight room because a lot of these professional gaming teams have strength and conditioning coaches just to keep the kids mentally and physically healthy. Um, it's awesome. Really exciting. Uh, started a Twitter account after one post had multiple colleges following us. So it's a huge opportunity for these kids that, that a lot of people really need to get on board with. I was going to say, how unique is that to have an offering? You don't see it everywhere. And then you mentioned that that partnership with Divine Child, and it just really speaks to what the Catholic League is about, working together for the benefit of the kids. That's have a pretty unique, pretty unique relationship there. Absolutely. You have to. I mean, it, it's listen, we're a faith-based league, and we have to practice that and set the standard in everything that we do. And, and you know, I, I just think it sets a good example for the kids. That's what we're all here for. So if we can – if we can work together as administrators and build programs together, then the kids need to see that too and do the same with each other. No doubt about that. So I know we've talked a couple of different things. I want to jump in a different direction now. Uh, the MHSA came out, or I guess the Catholic League even came out too with a new prep bowl structure, but mm -hmm. the MHSA has come out with new football playoff rules. Maybe give us a little bit of your insight from an athletic director standpoint of you know, your thoughts on the new rules and the strength of schedule determining playoff positioning and getting into the playoffs, and how is that going to affect Catholic Central football? I would have loved to have started that last year because we we would have gotten in at four and five because our strength of schedule was uh, was so tough. To be totally honest, um, and, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I've kind of always scheduled like that, and I feel like, like we have. We've always scheduled aggressively, even – you know, if you had one loss, you might not get in the playoffs uh, back in the day before everything changed, the six wins and the new structure. It really didn't change much for us, to be honest. Uh, I would have people ask me if more schools are calling. Um, no, uh, they just they didn't. The same. I talked to the same people and received calls from the same schools that I do on a yearly basis. Uh, but I think it's going to be great for a lot of other schools. Um, it's, it's not going to change the way that, that we schedule. So, but I think it's a positive in a lot of different areas. It, it, I think the trick is going to be, um, I think a lot of people will look for schools that have a higher enrollment that may not be very good. Um, so it's just making sure you put your kids in front of the best competition possible. It, it will allow some schools to play a tougher opponent. And I, and I think it's great. There's no reason you can't test the toughness, the unity, the faith of your team early in the season against a tough opponent instead of finding out week seven that you're not as tough as you thought you were as, as close to a family as you thought. So hopefully that's the positive um, and, and some big matchups for the kids. Right. So you, so you talk about no other schools have called in to play Catholic Central. I guess that's not a, a surprise. Do you have any thoughts on how do you, how do, how do we going forward, maybe combat that? Uh, we're going to look to find high enrollment schools that don't seem to be as talented on the football field. Is there a way to combat that? Or is that just, the loophole as of now within that rule? I think we have to keep on looking at it and tweaking it. And, and like I said, put the kids 
at the forefront. Obviously, there's a lot of safety issues in football that everyone's constantly addressing. I personally feel like the game is getting safer by the day with technology and, and what we're doing in terms of drills and, and form tackling and hitting and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if there's a way to combat it. Um, maybe if there's open dates and, and you're getting farther along in the spring or even in the summer, that's when the MHSAA steps in and says, hey, we have a Division One school who's got an opening here. You're open as well. You guys are playing each other. So in, situa- in situations like that, you know, we've we've been very heavy on out-of-state uh, opponents um, for years. And it's not easy because a lot of times when you host them, you got to pay them a stipend. Right. And, and you're not not you can't budget for stuff like that. So, you know, it's a unique challenge. No Absolutely. doubt about that. Well, yeah. I guess let's reel it into maybe an in-season sport here as we wrap up our interview for today. Catholic Central Basketball. It's a young team that last year made a great playoff run. And this year, of course, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys playing varsity minutes for the first time or significant varsity minutes for the first time. Now that we're past that halfway point of the season, what can we see from CC basketball trying to make that push and get hot at the right time Mm -hmm. uh, as we get closer to the Catholic League and MHSA playoffs? Um, Toughness, resiliency. I mean, that's what we want from our teams. 24-7, 24-7, regardless of if we're winning or going through a tough season. These guys are learning a lot this year. It's great. I, I love it. We we pretty much had to replace one through six last year who were seniors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys are getting a ton of minutes that they just – there weren't minutes last year because we were so senior heavy. So And we didn't lighten up the schedule at all either. You know, non-league opponents like uh, uh, Southfield Christian, you know, defending two-time state champ. Uh, Livonia Stevenson who's in the middle of a very good year. Even Divine Child in our own league's having a great season. So – you know, it's just going to toughen them up. Like, you know, it, it's the verse I keep using from Proverbs. Iron sharpens iron, right? That's life. That's the world that we live in. So why not mimic that in sport? We're going to struggle in life. They're going to struggle in hoop. They'll be better because of it. For sure. For sure. Well, Aaron, best of luck to everyone at Catholic Central. Congratulations to all 28 of those athletes. Yeah, appreciate that you mentioned Thank you. signing here on signing day. Uh, and appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. You guys are the best. I appreciate it. Go Catholic League. Well, that's Aaron Babbitt's athletic director at Catholic Central. Well, that's some interesting stuff. You know, always talking to Aaron, you, you get some interesting tidbits, and I think he has a pretty good grasp on, you know, what's happening around the MHSA and certainly what's happening around the Catholic League. Something, though, interesting that I, I didn't realize is, you know, him talking about Catholic Central football would have made it at four and five, you know, could those new rules been placed last year. So that that's some interesting stuff. But when you look at, their schedule. I mean, literally, that's got to be one of the toughest in the state and certainly the toughest in the Catholic League last year. And it might not change, you know, as we kind of dive into that and our things to watch as well. No doubt. Well, you talk about it, right? Or I should say he talked about it. No different schools are calling. There's no like, oh, well, we want to play CC. That's going to get us in the playoffs. Right. They're going to look for a school that has a high attendance uh, or high enrollment rather and is not that competitive on the football field. They're going to look at the different Mac schools, really, and that's what it's going to come to. Hey, we're going to call up, and not to take a negative shot at schools, we're going to call up Sterling Heights High School. We're going to call up Lakeshore. We're going to call up Lakeview. We're going to call up Frazier, even Cousineau. We're going to take our chances against those schools. We're not going to call up a school like Catholic Central. We're not going to call up a school like Orchard Lake St. Mary's or De La Salle because that just we don't need to do that yet. Let's play higher attendance schools. Wow, we played a Class A, Division One, whatever. 
okay. Okay, that's your loophole. So over time, there might be some ways to tweak it, and we'll have to see what loopholes people find, and then you go from there, kind of like Aaron said. You just have to find a way to continue to refine, continue to improve it, and you don't want to force schools that have no business playing a school like Catholic Central into scheduling a game against them, but you want some of these schools that can be more competitive and get into the playoffs just because they schedule weak, you want them to face some more challenge, no doubt. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. It's good to see the reform, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And, uh, you know, they, they've changed the hockey playoffs in terms of length and, and the amount of time that um, the games are going to be spread over, which I think was a good thing because that was just way too condensed in terms of, you know, you knock out your regional tournament, then you're in the quarterfinals, and then all, all of a sudden you're you're right there, semi-states, and it's over in two weeks. Now it's going to be three weeks, which right. I, I think is a good thing. We'll talk about basketball seeding, you know, kind of at the end of our things to watch, but it's good to see the refinement overall. And I think, you know, like you said, you're always going to have to continue to, you know, tweak things because everyone's going to try to <laughs> get around it. It, it. You know, why wouldn't they? I mean, it, it's sure. a competitive balance thing. You want your team to make the playoffs. And it's something that we hope to talk about, you know, not only as this year wraps up, but, you know, hopefully if we're blessed enough to continue this next year as well to to do that. So no doubt about that. Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's continue to talk football in okay. just a little bit sure. and jump into some <laughs> things to watch for All right. uh, in the upcoming week here. One thing we did not talk about or I did not talk about with Aaron Babbitts was the wrestling championships that are coming up on Friday, the day of this podcast release at Catholic Central. Of course, CC, the surefire favorites to capture a Catholic League championship, but those will be held Friday at Catholic Central. Yeah, and just another championship here is we kind of enter the middle stages and then we get that second rush at the end of February and head back into the the state football or the other state uh, championships as well and and see those unfold. So we're excited to see what CC can do. Obviously, they're the heavy favorite, but uh, anytime you come into a a situation like that in a championship, you never know how uh, that's going to wrap up. Some more exciting action. I mean, this is, you know, hockey at its best in the state of Michigan in terms of high school action. The MIHL Showcase, and I'm not sure if you've ever been to any of those down at uh, uh, Kennedy Ice Arena in Trenton, but that's a place that just feels like hockey when you <laughs> walk in and the, the history behind Trenton hockey, and obviously they're in the MIHL with a lot of these upper-tier Catholic league schools, but you just look at some of the matchups, and some of them will surpass. I mean, it starts... I believe maybe some, even some games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is really when it ramps up, and then Saturday. Just looking at you know some of these Saturday matchups. Number two, Division Two, Brother Rice versus Green Bay Notre Dame Academy. That's an early riser game at 10 a.m. Then you have Cranbrook versus Houghton, two of the top teams in Division Three. Catholic Central, the number one team in D1 in the last poll versus the number four team in Division Two against Heartland that uh, faces off at 4:30 then you got UD and Salem in division 3 uh UD's ranked number 4 and Salem is ranked number 4 as well in in division 1 and that's just the Saturday matchups i mean when you look at Thursday there's a few teams You're mixed in just but to keep all the rankings I, I know what in the world it, and we kind of talked about that you know off air it's like you know this is what it is every year, but when you put it on paper and see this team's ranked here, this team's ranked there, that's some, you know, <laughs> really good hockey. There's probably multiple state champions that'll be playing over the course of this showcase yeah. in a span of a couple days. It's a pretty incredible thing. So 
When you can bring that many talented programs together, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I from mean, all over. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about Traverse City, Heartland, Saginaw, you know, Green Bay mm-hmm. of Notre Dame, Midland, how, you know, all those teams. It, it, that's what it's all about, bringing those schools together, bringing that talent together. It's good for the athletes. It's good for those schools. And it should make for some just really good hockey and really exciting few days of that showcase. So definitely something to keep an eye on and some results we'll be able to get into next week uh, on our top highlights uh-huh. segment at the beginning of the podcast. So we can revert back to football here again as we were talking about that for a little bit. The football schedules were released. Now not every schedule is complete. Some are, some are not, but some interesting matchups, right? Catholic Central is going to play Chippewa Valley uh, on top of that, they're going to play River Rouge or play Toledo Whitmer again. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is going to play Greg Carter and Oak Park. That should be a really interesting matchup. We have not seen non-league schedules coming out for De La Salle yet because they don't have – while they're still in the transition process of finding a coach, I think they've had a harder time scheduling games. So they have their Catholic League schedule set. They will play Old Redford again. Uh, but they still have three open dates, so it'll be inter- interesting to see who they're able to still add to the schedule and who's looking for some games throughout the season. So, um, you know, on top of that, CC and St. Mary's do what you expect them to do. They're going to play a tough, obviously, league schedule, but they're going to play some n- tough non-conference opponents as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at it again on paper, I think CC has the best schedule in the league in terms of the teams they play, and we'll see if that you know, plays in their favor this year or not, but it, it certainly helps with the the new rule change and what we kind of talked with Aaron and, and talked about at the end of the interview what will happen there. But uh, I'm also intrigued. Orchard Lake, uh, and they've played Dakota quite a bit, and well, that was a three, four-year run, yep. you know, week one, but now it's Oak Park week one. So that's uh, that's a, a high-profile matchup in itself, so that, that's something we'll watch uh, I'll tell as it you goes though, on. I'm going to miss that Dakota matchup. Yeah, it was that's a good one. That's been a fun four-year thing. They did yeah. a home and home, home and home, and I'm going to miss that. That was a really fun game to start the season with, and it, it started to feel like a staple. I yeah, usually watching. on a Thursday, too, so right, you, right off the bat, you, you, know, you get that really tough matchup. Maybe they'll you know, renew that again at, at some point. Uh, in the coming years, but, uh, you know, kind of shifting now to another, you know, hot button topic, if you will, the right. boys and girls basketball seeding. Now it is just in district play. So MPR that's calculated wins, losses, ties, games between teams entered into the MHSA tournament. So that doesn't account for, you know, if you go and play a Toledo Whitmer or Cleveland St. Ignatius in basketball or anybody out of state. So it's just within the state of Michigan and who qualifies for the state playoffs. But I think this was a needed thing. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. I have thoughts in terms of what else it can be. And I don't know if it's something you can do, but I think the issue does lie in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, and maybe even you know a, a final once in a while where you get a team that has an easier bracket um, that kind of elevates themselves and, and plays a team that's much better. It, it just you know flat out saying it, they're much better. But how do you do that then? You seed the whole tournament. I don't know if you can do that um, in, in terms of putting you know one good team on one side and the other on the other side. Ultimately, you're still going to have some teams that fall within the threshold and maybe sneak. You know the system a little bit and and get their points and you know elevate themselves and can you truly have number one on one side and number two on the other side probably not because there's no way to really determine that because there's no you know set ranking there's no set 
um, you know, conference playoff or whatever to, to get to, to where you are in the NCAA tournament. But it, it's something that I think good job by the MHSA to address it in terms of, you know, seeding district play, but something I think that they can build on going forward. Yeah, well, you make some good points, Jeremy, and then you gotta you got to start looking at, well, what can you do? I think this is a good first step. The districts are already predetermined, though, mm-hmm. right? So the next step would be, well, hey, maybe do you, do you scrap the predetermined districts and do you take each regional? Or do you take the districts you have all together, keep your districts the same, you know, figure out your alignment, mm-hmm. and then seed the regionals to where now you're not married like the Warren schools are not married to each other. Detroit schools are not married to each other. You may have to travel a little bit, but do you do it that way? Is that a way to at least ensure that when you get to the quarterfinal, you're getting most likely the best team from that regional? Not a team that had to just win one game and they caught some fire or, hey, they had an easy district. They had an easy two easy district winners face off and somehow they win a regional. Things happen, right? Things happen. So that to me is about the only way when you start trying to – you can't really place one and two on different sides of the bracket because you're not going to make teams travel four hours to a game. You're not going to make teams sure. travel even an hour and a half to a game. Um, so it, it just gets weird. If one and two happen to be on the same side, the best you can do is hope they're in different regionals and space them out. And if they're not – well, then they face off in a regional championship. I mean, how many times do we see it in football? I mean, you got to look at these football state final games. And yes, there, as there are some close ones, there are also mm-hmm. some very uh, lopsided scores. And that comes from, it's all based off geographic. Really, once you get into who's in Division One, Two, and Three, it's just all geographically based. So I think that's the next step. I think we'll see how this goes with the way the districts were seeded. Um, and hopefully at least it positions the best team in every district to win, then the best team in every regional to win and so forth. But that would be the only other thing I think you could do. Other than that, it is what it is. And to be honest, especially in basketball, I think it's a lesser issue than maybe it is in other sports because in basketball, it, it's it's okay. Like, hey, you can go out, you can catch fire and win a game or two. But at the high school level, it's not college to where, oh, a Cinderella team can just catch fire and you see a like a Loyola Chicago or you know, a butler when they did it back and they made their final four runs and it was like, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. It's harder in high school to do that just because of the difference of of talent. I mean, the they're not division one athletes still. There's a there's truly a difference. So um I think you could you could see the regionals, but I'm excited to see how this pans out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, looking at it really quickly as well, Orchard Lake, um, right up there in terms of state uh, rankings. They checked in before uh their last game at seventy two point nine percent. I mean, uh Ironwood was up there as well. Grand Rapids Catholic Central was also up there. Rice de LaSalle kind of battling for position. Uh, lately, they were 14th and 15th at last check in uh, Division One overall. Just uh, looking at things, Lutheran North um, 
up in, in their division as well, looking on the girls' side, Marion, Mercy, mm-hmm. uh, two of the, you know, in the top 40 or so in the states uh, in Division One, And then Shrine also making some noise in, in Division Three uh, as well. So just something to follow, something we'll continue to, to look at because it is important at this point to see, you know, who plays who. Um, and I think when you look at, certainly on the boys' side, the Detroit you know, aspect, the, the DPS and then how UD mixes into that. Um, and, and some of the other, you know, De La Salle will be affected, I'm sure. Brother Rice will be affected. So looking at those individual things and how they might play out is going to be interesting. Let me put it this way, too. You talked about Orchard Lake, St. Mary's. I know they're 12-1, and one, and I know that I think they've got a couple teams ranked ahead of them. They might be number three in Division One. That is the most talented team in the state. And the only team that is going to defeat them is themselves. They are that good. So I know they have their one loss to Beecher, and it was a close game, and they ended up losing. But I I still have a lot of confidence that Orchard Lake St. Mary's is going to be hoisting a state championship trophy in March at the Breslin Center. Very, very confident still in that. And it'll be fun to watch, you know, what their stats are and, you know, what their win total is and and their – uh, victory margin and all that uh, as we get a little closer as well. That kind of wraps up uh, episode eight of Inside CHSL. We want to remind you subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, search us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL as well. Your wrap up thoughts. What do you got? Hey, hey, look out for those Catholic League Wrestling Championships. That's going to be exciting. The big thing, though, is that MHL showcase. I look forward to talking more about that. And Boys basketball making really the the second time through in league play. So you're going to start to see some close battles in the AA and the Central. And uh, UAD picked up a big win over Brother Rice. They're sitting second place in the league. Don't know if they saw themselves doing that going into the season. So they're right up in the mix. Uh, so it's it's exciting stuff. As always. And how about esports at Catholic Central? Yeah. I still think that was the yeah. the mention. That was that was cool. Didn't expect that. You know, and cool to see Divine Child and CC working together on that too. That's pretty cool. It's something to watch. I mean, when you, you talk about a buzz, I mean, people are talking about that. They want it to be an NCAA sport. Um, so if that happens, who knows? I mean, that that's going to become a thing in, in high school sports and mm-hmm. to follow it and just to see how it grows is going to be something certainly interesting to watch. No doubt about that. I want to thank uh, the Archdiocese of Detroit Communications Department, as always, Ron Pangborn, uh, Alex Westfall, our two producers, Steve Wedgrock, of course, our host of our fantastic history segment, and all of you as well. We want you to come back next week. We'll be here, uh, right here at uh, you know our recording studio. It's, it's a nice little cozy studio, isn't it, Brendan? Indeed it is. <laughs> yeah, it does the job quite nicely. All right, we'll see you next week. He's Brendan Johnson. I am Jeremy Otto. Have a great week, everyone.